want to pray as we just quiet our hearts and uh, get ready to hear something from the Lord for each one of us today. Jesus, we acknowledge that you are here. Lord, you're here. Lord, you promised us, Lord, that you would never leave us, you'd never forsake us. Lord, you promised, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, Lord, to be with us. And so, Father, we acknowledge your presence here. And we open up our hearts to you. We open up our ears. We open up our spirits. Lord, anything that would be a distraction to us, Lord, we just set that aside over these next minutes. Lord, that we could hear from you, every one of us. Lord, you have something to speak, something to whisper to our souls. And so, Lord, we just attune our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Every single one of us needs a breakthrough in our lives. Every one of us need times of breakthrough. When's the last time you experienced like a legit breakthrough in your life? I don't know if you know the story of Helen Keller, quite a remarkable, amazing, historic figure in, uh, in our nation. When she was a very little girl, about 19 months old, she got really sick, and that sickness um, stole both her eyesight and her hearing. So she'd been able to see and hear up until the time, you know, she was about a year and a half old, and then she became blind, she became deaf, and her life was turned upside down. And uh, she was very bright, but had losing the ability to communicate, it just kind of made her go a little bit crazy, and she was driving her family crazy. Uh, she would just have tantrums. She was just a wreck. And, uh, and this went on for year after year. Her parents sought help. Um, in fact, interesting little story that they, they turned to this guy you may have heard of, Alexander Graham Bell. They had some relationship. They reached out to him like, what should we do? And uh, so they were directed to this one school where uh, they, they came in contact with a lady who's just very young, I think she was just in her very early 20s, who had almost gone blind herself and had been helped by this school. Her name was Ann Sullivan. And so when, um, when Helen Keller was six years old, this young 20-something-year-old Ann Sullivan showed up with the goal to help uh, Helen rediscover how to communicate using some form of sign language, but you can't sign normally with someone who is also blind, right? So this was a challenge and it was not going well. But one day, um, after some months of working with Helen, um, someone was running water outside at a hand pump. And, and so um, Anne thought, you know what, I, I've got this idea. So she takes uh, Helen outside and she takes one of Helen's hands and puts it like under the running water. And then in her other hand, Anne signs W-A-T-E-R. W-A-T-E-R. And years later, Helen Keller would write these words about that moment. She said this. She said, suddenly... I felt a misty consciousness as of something forgotten, a thrill of returning thought. And somehow the mystery of language was revealed to me. I knew that W-A-T-E-R meant the wonderful, cool something that was flowing over my hand. That living word awakened my soul. It gave, um, it gave it light, hope, joy, and set it free. Ah, is that amazing? 
Helen went on like to become an amazing individual who not only graduated college and was a, um, a published author of several books, but she traveled internationally advocating for the disabled. She was an amazing woman. And years later, she wrote these words. She said this. I think we have this on a slide. She said, I thank God for my handicaps, for through them, I have found myself, my work, and my God. Is that remarkable? Yes. yes. Woo! Go, Helen. <laughs> Helen's life had been a mess. And then one day, through the help of Ann Sullivan, she had a breakthrough that changed everything in her story. And I believe the same can be true for you and for me. Because I believe that's the way that God works, through breakthrough moments. Listen, if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, and hopefully you all got a handout, okay? If you didn't get a handout, wave your hand, and usher will come and make sure you get one. We've been talking about the circle of God's will. The circle of God's will, it's a, it's a concept that, that I, I've played with and meditated on and, and used for many, many years. But the, the whole idea, check this out, the whole idea, the circle of God's will, is that God's will is not unknowable. It actually is knowable. We can know God's will. And that kind of comes in with this idea of the circle. What is the circle about? It's a boundary. And the boundary is given to us through God's word. Particularly the New Testament is like God's instructions for how to follow Jesus, how to be his people. You know, how I can be his son, how we can be his church, how we relate together. And so that boundary of what we discover in God's word really very clearly communicates to us if we're out of God's will or if we're in God's will. And then the beautiful thing about like choosing to live in the circle of God's will, like within the boundaries that he has established for our lives, is we find that it is amazing in his will, and where we had feared that the like, oh, if I step into God's will, it's gonna be so small. It's gonna be so limiting. What we discover when we step into God's will is that it's massive. Yeah. It's like we could not explore all of God's will in like several lifetimes. It is so big, it is so amazing, and there is freedom in God's will. We can do whatever it is that our faith nudges us toward. We can just run in that direction and go and have fun and be who we were created to be. There's joy, there is life, there is freedom in God's will. Amen? If you're there, you know it, right? So over these last few weeks, we've been talking about what is it look like to be people who are living in his, in his will, in the circle of his will. And so we've been talking about three things. Today is the last message. You've made it. Um, if, you, if you haven't been here for the previous weeks, you can jump online. You go over to YouTube, find it. All the messages are there. But I'm glad you're here today because I think this might be my favorite of the messages. We've been talking about three things that we experience in the circle of God's will. We've been talking about challenges Right? I referred to them as mountains that we climb. Most of them we get to choose. Sometimes God will assign a particular peak for us to go up. But like there's mountains, there's challenges, and that's good. It's part of our mission to like not live as people who are just like kicking back, chilling all the time, but like we get to advance and, and take ground. And so we talked about challenges. Last week we talked about the second thing, roadblocks like that we actually encounter roadblocks and they're for our good. God uses those in particular ways in our story. So if you feel like you hit a brick wall, guess what? It may not be the devil. It may be God giving you an opportunity to be redirected in a new way to, to something else that he has for you. But then today we're talking about the third thing that we experience in the circle of God's will and that is breakthrough moments, breakthrough 
moments. What is a breakthrough moment? There in your notes, there's a, there's a place where you can kind of follow along right here, and you can go ahead and put that up there. There it is. A breakthrough moment is an insight or event that propels us in a new and positive direction. Listen, when we're living outside the circle of God's will, we, we have breakthrough moments, but they can, they can break us, right? Through loss, through trauma, through all kinds of stuff that we experience that is, it's a breakthrough moment, but it is not the kind of breakthrough moment that we're talking about here. We're talking about things that are God positively impacting us in life-altering ways in the very best sense of that word, life-altering. There are things that we look back at and say, that defined me. That defined like who I am and where I am headed. Now, listen, a moment may happen in an instant, like it did for Helen Keller, right? Like in that instant, boom, there's this breakthrough insight and everything is changed. Sometimes breakthrough moments come in an instant. Other breakthrough moments come over maybe a short season of time. Maybe you were like reading a book. Maybe you were, I don't know, in a series of messages like this, and all of a sudden the lights turn on, and it's like, whoa, this is like, this is amazing. This is life changing for me. It is so good. So when we say a breakthrough moment, we're we're not talking about a particular uh, specific period of time, but they're they're condensed. They're condensed periods of time. I've experienced both of those. It was when I was very, very young, like really seriously young, that it was my mom who shared with me for the very first time that I have remembrance of about the good news of Jesus. And like you would... I mean, I wish I had like a video of that moment, you know, it was back before the days of mom would have had her cell phone out and, and talking to me and we would have captured that moment. Um, yeah, it was way before that. And so the, the amazing thing is this, that in that instant, God revealed something to my own spirit that came alive in me in that instant as young as I was, that like I can still remember today. It changed the course of my life in an instant. It was when I was 19 years old that I was hanging out at church and was involved in a, a pretty good college group at that time. And, and the, the college pastor brought a message on one Sunday. He brought the conclusion of it the next Sunday but during that week, that entire week, like I could not think about anything else. My heart was like gripped with this life-changing thing that God was doing in, in me that, that it was so powerful and so amazing that I am still today walking out the direction that was established in my life, in my heart as a 19-year-old 19 year, 19 in 19. 83. Breakthrough. In an instant or in a short season of time that alters who we are in amazing, positive ways. I believe that's how God works. But listen, like me, you've probably experienced that as we're living life, most days aren't like that. You know, most days are what I would call fairly unremarkable. Even for people who are like living in, in the circle of God's will, it's like, I said yes to you, Jesus. I've stepped into your will. I want everything. Most days don't feel very remarkable, right? We're just like taking a step forward, saying, okay, I'm just going to be faithful to be who you've called me to be. I, I want to I experience everything you have for me, but they don't feel necessarily super remarkable. But then there are times when that very unremarkable life that we're living is punctuated. Like the lightning bolt strikes, right? It's punctuated with breakthrough. Some kind of insight that God gives us or an event 
that we take away from that defines who we are and even direction for our lives. This is what we see in the story that we've been going back to over these past weeks. It's found in Acts chapter 16. We've talked about this several times now, so I don't want to give all of the background, but it sounds like we're getting a bit of a geography lesson here in Acts 16. But it's, it's like hundreds of miles in between these different locations that Paul, the Apostle Paul, very important figure in the New Testament, he wrote much of the New Testament, uh, many of the books in the New Testament, he and his friends were on this journey. They were out introducing people to Jesus, and, and even when they'd go to a city, they'd leave behind a church. And, and so it's captured just in five verses, but they're like going hundreds of miles, and they're experiencing these three things that we've talked about over these past weeks. Challenges, these mountains kind of they were climbing, they hit roadblocks, we talked about last week two very significant roadblocks that were shocking as God stopped them from advancing in particular directions, but then God brings them to this breakthrough moment. Check this out. Read along. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word. What? Roadblock, right? He prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Ha! All right. So we're going to turn west. That's what they did. So instead, they went on a couple hundred miles through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. In other words, they kind of like went as far as they could west. God kept blocking their path. So they're like, okay, we, but we know we're like supposed to advance. We've got mountains to climb. We've got missions to accomplish. God, we're, we're going to keep going. And they went as far as they could. And they came to the seaport of Troas. Like, okay, we can't go any further west. But check out what happens. That night... Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him in this vision. Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Listen, they went on, you know, got a boat, crossed the Aegean Sea, went over to Macedonia. And that's like, we, we are some of the beneficiaries of that because later he wrote books like Philippians to the people he met in Macedonia and ministered to and became his friends with and started churches there. There was this breakthrough moment that God brought about. It happened to be in his story through this prophetic vision, like this, this insight, um, like, come to Macedonia. They get up right then and they say, hey, God just spoke. Finally, finally God spoke. After we've been going like weeks, hundreds of miles, God shutting door after door, God speaks. Next thing in your notes Check this out. At times, breakthrough moments come out of the blue. Like, boop, breakthrough. I was thinking about this, and there's so many places in Scripture where this is the case that we see God just like out of the blue, just coming with this breakthrough. Think about the shepherds the night that Jesus was born. You know, they're just like out doing their thing. They weren't like having a worship service. They weren't doing anything like that. They were just doing their job, minding their business. When we read in Luke, suddenly, suddenly, the sky is turned just bright, not with the stars, but with this, this angelic host and they're, they're singing and they're like, glory to God in the highest. You know, Emmanuel is calm and they're like, what? Their lives completely changed in the out, out of the blue, just in an instant breakthrough moment. Another story, this guy, Paul, that we're talking about, 
was not always this amazing follower of Jesus. In fact, he was a bad dude. He was a religious dude, but he was a bad dude. He was out persecuting Christians. Like he was a good Jewish leader, and this thing, this sect came up, right? Like they called it the way, people who were following after Jesus. And he made it his assignment to go and persecute Christians. So he was actually traveling around from town to town, getting people arrested, had permission of the Jewish leaders. Yeah, you go, Paul. He's out on one of these journeys. He's headed to the city of Damascus to go find and round up some more Christians, throw them in jail. When guess what? Suddenly, there's this breakthrough moment. God shows up in this very dramatic way. Again, it's with light. I think it's God and light. I don't know. It uses these suddenly breakthrough moments, but the light comes and it's like he hears this voice from heaven. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Out of the blue. This breakthrough that changed the course, not only of his life, but our lives too. Because Paul went on to do just amazing, amazing things in that season that still bear fruit today. But, again, look to your notes there. Not all breakthrough moments come like out of the blue. Most often, breakthrough moments come when God's people are advancing. When they're like doing something to like take new ground or in the metaphor we've been using like climb new mountains, like, like be on mission, do what God has called me to do. And most of the time where we see breakthrough happening is when God's people are choosing to advance. I'm gonna move forward and God says, cool, I'm gonna partner with that, breakthrough. I'm gonna show you something, something's gonna happen that triggers something new and beautiful in your story. And this is, of course, what we see in Acts 16, right? They just weren't like hanging out, Paul and his friends, they were advancing. And even though God was like putting roadblocks saying, man, we can't figure, they didn't give up when they hit the roadblocks. They didn't stop. They didn't throw pity parties. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just didn't write that in. Maybe every time they hit a roadblock, it's like, okay, guys, we're just like chilling here for a couple of days. We're just going to like, I don't know. Where's my hammock? You know, stretch it between a couple of palm trees. I don't know if I want to go on. And then a couple of days later, all right, God, we'll, we'll keep advancing. But what we find is that they don't give up. They keep moving forward. They keep taking new ground, even when it was challenging and they didn't understand all that God was doing in their stories. They kept advancing and advancing hundreds of miles, literally, going forward. And then that's when God shows up with the suddenly, this prophetic vision and insight that changed everything. So what's the big deal about advancing? What's the big deal? There in your notes, there's a quote from this very cool book that, that I've been uh, reading, knowing that I was going to be speaking about these breakthrough moments. Uh, these guys, uh, Chip and Dan Heath, wrote a really cool book called The Power of Moments. What's the big deal about advancing? I, I love what they said here. Action leads to insight more than insight leads to action. Like, if I'm wanting to gain new insight, to get new perspective, I shouldn't just like sit down and wait for it to happen. Actually, my action, doing things to advance, to move forward, insight will come. We talked about, yeah, we talked about something similar a couple weeks ago when we talked about that, that we can like wait Right? I, I want to wait. I'm just going to sit here until God tells me what to do. And then I'll go. Like, it's the no before I go mentality. Okay. But you may be there a really long time. Because what we find is the breakthrough moments typically come when you're advancing. So instead of no before you go, maybe it's you will know because you go. Because you advance, because you step forward, because you take that next step, because you advance, all of a sudden the insight comes, the breakthrough comes. It's another story. 
involving a different group of disciples. It's in Acts chapter 2, where we find Jesus had just died, had just risen from the dead, and then he returned to heaven. Like, first time, all his folks are left alone. But he, and he told them before he returned to heaven, he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. Stay in Jerusalem and wait for my Holy Spirit to come upon you. And so then we get to Acts chapter two. It's an amazing story because it's in Acts chapter two that what we're experiencing today started. It's kind of like when the church actually was formed. It wasn't just this little band of followers of Jesus, but it actually like people came and started to gather together and do life together in Jesus' name. Happened in Acts chapter two. And there was the suddenly. Acts chapter two, the first couple of verses says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers, there was about 120 of them, which isn't a lot. Think about it. Jesus, like Jesus, the God of the universe, who came in the form of a man, like hung out with people, like in the nation of Israel for three years, teaching, doing miracles, doing all these crazy things, was crucified, right, for our forgiveness and rose again. And at the end of all that, it was only 120. We, we probably got 120 people in this room. You know, it's like, not a lot of people. But they're gathered on this day of Pentecost because Jesus had told them what? Don't leave Jerusalem. Suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Suddenly there was a breakthrough. The Holy Spirit came in power and kind of manifested himself and through these like things that they could see and hear. And it was remarkable. It changed their lives. It changed their story so dramatically that, like I said, we're still living out the fruit of that. What led to the believer's breakthrough moment? It didn't seem probably very remarkable. Again, it probably seemed very unremarkable because day after day they were like, Okay, here we are in J-Town, right? Jerusalem, yep, same streets, same places. Jesus said, stay here, don't know why. Why, you know, why can't, can't, couldn't we just like go to the beach? Couldn't we go somewhere else? You know, the sea is calling, but Jesus said, stay. It was very unremarkable. They just gathered together, kind of like they did. You know, they're looking around, 120, hey, uh, Anyone got a prayer request? I don't know what we're supposed to do. Uh, anyone got another cool story of Jesus that we haven't all heard? Okay, let's share. It was very unremarkable. But check this out. They were advancing simply because they were being faithful to do the thing that Jesus had told them to do. They were advancing not because they were doing these remarkable things, but they were advancing because they were just being faithful to what Jesus had said, don't leave Jerusalem. They were faithful to that. They were advancing. There was a breakthrough in their story. Listen, in your notes again, what Jesus shows us through in his scriptures, over and over again, we see this. We do not have to wait for breakthrough moments. We can cultivate them. This is like, this might be a breakthrough for you right now, an insight that could change everything. You don't have to wait for a breakthrough moment. You can actually cultivate a breakthrough moment in your own story. Listen, when you go out to your garden and you water, right, your little garden, and you take some fertilizer and you throw a little fertilizer in there and put it into the, into the soil, Pretty unremarkable things. This is kind of doing the work, right? It's kind of just doing the stuff. But you know what you're doing? You are investing in the anticipated fruitfulness that's to come. When you're tending the garden, you are actually advancing. Doesn't seem very spectacular when you're out there at the hose. You know, you're taking like the manure, the stinky stuff and spreading it around. It does not feel or even smell remarkable. 
But you know what? You're advancing. You are taking soil that previously had been unfruitful and you're creating the conditions in which fruit will come. You are investing in the anticipated fruitfulness that you're gonna get in the future. And what we see in God's word is that part of that fruitfulness that we can anticipate are breakthroughs. Breakthroughs, you guys. Not only day after day trudging forward, little by little, just being my faithful self, but like legit times where God shows up in our story and shows us something so powerful, so meaningful, that it changes everything. Like I said when we started, everyone needs breakthroughs. When's the last time you had one? So, what might this cultivation look like in our stories? What might it look like? You're going to see in your notes that, that I put, I think that there's common things that believers do who seem to experience more breakthrough moments than others. Things like if you, if you, if you take a group of followers of Jesus, people who've said yes to him, stepped into that circle of his will. I think that when we look at the lives of believers, we see that there are some that experience more breakthrough moments than others. What are they doing? How are they fertilizing and watering the soil of their lives that would create this kind of fruit? Now listen, I think that the things that we're going to talk about seem quite unremarkable. They're not super special. They're not magical or mystical. They're just things that we can do that are like the water, the fertilizer, cultivating the soils of our life. But I'm promising you, these are things that we can all do to advance, to have anticipated breakthrough in our stories. Number one, consistently read the Bible consistently read the Bible. Hmm. What's the big deal about that? In your notes there, you see John 15, 15. This is something that Jesus told his disciples, his closest followers. This is what he told them. He said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for why, 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 why is he called friends? He says, he gives us the answer. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. That is, that's a pretty incredible statement when you think about the words of Jesus. Everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And you can picture this, like those first disciples of Jesus, like walked with him, sat with him, ate with him. I mean, Jesus was in their homes. They went from place to place. Think of all that Jesus taught them. Well, good for them, right? But that was like a couple thousand years ago. But here's the amazing thing. Because we have God's word, we have scripture, we have the Bible, it's not just for those first disciples, right, right, that get to benefit from everything that Jesus had learned from the Father. We get that. We get to have the same insights that those disciples did. Why did they choose to write what they wrote? Why did they choose to like take this story from this perspective and then someone else say, you know, and you know what? And, and remember this and something else that Jesus said or something else that Jesus did because they were wanting those who were not there during those few years of Jesus' ministry on earth to have the same insights, to have the same supernatural breakthroughs that they did. We get to be the recipients of all that they experienced. And you and I have the ability to access that every single day. Just by like opening it up. Or if you're not like a super amazing reader, man, go over to version. It's like the number one Bible app. It's free and 
It's audio as well as written. You can just like, I'm just going to put it on and listen to God's word. And to help with all this, we, we began something in the beginning of this year that we just call SM4 260. It's a very simple, simple Bible reading plan to help with that consistency of being, being in God's word. Why do we call it 260? Because there's 260 chapters in the New Testament. And there are 260 what? Thank you. 260 weekdays every year. Every single year. Five days a week times 52 is 260. It's almost like God gave us like this cool idea through the calendar. And so what we're doing is we are reading through the New Testament together as a church. We're kind of on the back half of the book of John right now. Pick up a little schedule um, on your way out in the lobby and join us. And if you're online, you can just go over to our website, um, sm4.org. You're going to see right on the homepage, 260. Click on it, downloadable schedule, the whole thing. Be consistent in taking in scripture. Not to check off a box, but to like actually check in with the Lord and say, God, do you have another insight for me today? I have regularly had breakthroughs in my own faith journey just by reading scripture. Even one or two in the past couple of weeks. Come back next week. I'm going to share one with you. Number two, consistently gather for worship, prayer, and teaching. Consistently gather for worship, prayer, and teaching. Notice I didn't say, just be a church. Now, is that one of the main places we do gather for worship, for prayer, for teaching? Absolutely. But you know what? On Friday night, we had a bunch of women gathered together. And guess what, man? They were having church, but it wasn't church. It was some women enjoying fellowship together, encouraging one another with their stories, right? Of like what God's been doing in their their story. Encouraging each other, having, having fun together. Today we're going to the beach. You know what? There's such a great opportunity to hang out with other people who are on the same journey, sharing stories with one another, encouraging. I bet we're going to have a time where we just pray, even at the beach. It's like, God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We need to consistently gather. In Matthew 18, 20, Jesus gave this word to his followers, and, and I love this. He said, wherever two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Wherever people gather in my name, I'm there among, what a promise. Listen, this was not just for those first followers of Jesus. That's for us. So we have the promise of Jesus that right now, like as I prayed when we began, Jesus, we recognize you are here. It's why? Because he promised it. This is our promise. So why wouldn't we want to be where he promised to be? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Think, think about the insights and breakthrough moments that those first followers of Jesus had just simply by showing up where Jesus was. Crazy, fat, amazing stories. So good that they had to be written down that people could read it out thousands of years later. Do you think they had breakthrough moments? That like daily, being blown away just by showing up where Jesus was. Why would we not do the same thing? Show up where he promised to be, wherever people are gathering together in his name. Number three, don't waste any pain. Don't waste any pain. Don't waste it. If we're gonna go through pain, Find something of breakthrough in that. I believe that's a common thing that followers of Jesus do that tend to have more breakthrough moments than others. Kind of in this famous passage that's there in your notes, the same guy, Paul, 
um, is talking about this affliction that he had. He called it a thorn in his flesh. How come we know it was affliction? Because he said it was like a messenger from the devil himself. It was something terrible going on in his life. And he said this. He said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, hey, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Listen, you know, you know what I notice here that's so beautiful? That even in the like most severe difficulty and pain that he was experiencing, when he talked to God yeah. about it, he talked to him, God deliver me from this. But he didn't just talk to God, he listened to God. He listened. And as he talked and as he listened, he had his breakthrough moment. He said, I had this insight from God. Now, I don't know how he got it, but it was some sort of an inner revelation where he knew that this was the God speaking to him personally and powerfully, and it was a breakthrough for him. God said, yeah, I'm not going to take that away right now. We don't know in Paul's story if that ever was removed, but he had this insight that actually when I'm weak, that's when God is made stronger. Like in my weakness, God, you are strong. And so, I, and then he says, so guess what, guys? So now I'm glad. I can boast about it. I can boast about my weaknesses. I don't have to be strong for God to be strong. It changed everything in his story. Breakthrough moment, why? Because he embraced his pain. C.S. Lewis was one of the most amazing authors um, of the 20th century and a strong believer guy that wrote Chronicles of Narnia and all that. And he, he, he says this, it's powerful. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pain. He shouts to us. He shouts to us. If we are listening, we're gonna hear. But don't waste the pain. I believe that's why Helen Keller said what she said. She said, I thank God for my handicaps. What? I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I have found myself, which is amazing, my work and my God. I know that for each of us to advance in our pain may look a little different because I don't know all your stories. And you may be insignificant amounts of pain, so you're like, man, I... I don't know what it would look like for me to advance. Well, like we saw Paul did, you can talk to God about it. In fact, in, in, in a few minutes, we're gonna have some people right up front that you can talk to and pray with today before you leave about whatever pain that you're experiencing. But you know what? Maybe advancing for you is like going to a counselor. I'm gonna go talk to somebody about my stuff. <clears throat> okay. You can sit there and wallow in your whatevers, or you can talk to somebody who's kind of given their life to talk to people about their whatevers. I know Kelly and I, one of the biggest breakthroughs we ever had in our marriage came in a counselor's office. And it was like, it was so profound. I remember exactly where we were. I remember exactly what was spoken. And this was like decades ago, but it's like in an instant, the blinders fell off and it was like, Oh my God, I have been living in, a, in, in like with, with a particular mentality and mindset that was blocking us from moving forward. And it came just by, well, Kelly had been willing for a long time to go to a counselor. <laughs> it took quite a while for me to say, okay, okay, I'll go. But it was advancing. It was advancing. Advance. Don't, don't miss the opportunities that you have in your pain. And then lastly, this. What about creating breakthrough moments for others? Yeah. I think you might experience your own breakthroughs when you help others experience their own. Helen Keller said this years after 
that episode when she was six years old, she reflected on Anne Sullivan, her teacher, coming to her home. This little broken girl who couldn't communicate, who was all in need of a breakthrough but didn't even know it. She was just so messed up. The day that Anne Sullivan came to her home, you know what she called it? She called it her soul's birthday. <sighs> Isn't that beautiful? The day that Anne came was my soul's birthday. Could you create birthday parties for someone else? Yes. Creating opportunities for others to have breakthrough? You know, when I shared just briefly about the breakthroughs that I had, like in my younger years, it was my mom who cultivated the soil of that moment to share Jesus with me as just a very young child. She did the work. I was the beneficiary. When I was 19 years old, it was my college pastor, Dr. Daniel Brown, an amazing man. He did the work to figure out how to communicate God's truth in a way that would be impactful to this 19-year-old. And it changed everything. He did the work. He created a breakthrough moment. Why do we do what we do as a church? It ain't to have fun. It ain't hoping that somebody like throws in some money into the offering. Not why we do what we do. We do it in order to create the opportunity that people would have breakthrough moments, yes. that their stories would be altered, that people who are struggling would find help in Jesus, the people that are outside of his will would choose to beautifully say, no, God, I want, I want your will for my life, not my own any longer. That's why we do what we do, yes. to create the context in which breakthrough moments can come. Just over these past weeks, we had a number of very cool individuals, Mike, Roxanne, Naomi, Kyron, several different ones, Jesse and Kaylin, go to take a week off of work in order to go and cultivate breakthrough moments in the lives of our kids at summer camp. Who knows what was started there, what got planted there, that will lead to breakthrough in these student stories. Each one of us, and probably starting in our home with our family, can help to nurture, cultivate, create breakthrough stories for someone else. What will God lead you to do? Let's pray. God, thank you that you work through breakthroughs. Lord, that it is not just this life of drudgery and just trudging forward, living unremarkable lives. Yeah, most days probably seem like that, but then God, you will show up in beautiful and powerful breakthrough ways. Lord, creating opportunities, Lord, for us to see things that we've never seen before, have perspectives that we had only hoped for and wished that we could have. God, thank you for that. And Lord, I, I believe that the biggest breakthrough that any person can ever have is at the foot of the cross. Where we would recognize that Jesus, what you did that day, a couple thousand years ago, changed everything. That the God of the universe who came, living, ministering, loving, teaching, opening blind eyes, Lord, when you went to the cross for us to bear our sins, something that we could never do, but Lord, when you took our sin upon you and died a sinner's death, Lord Jesus, you, you created a way for us to just put our trust in you and enter freedom and life with you, Jesus changes everything. Breakthrough. In fact, it was one of the soldiers who participated in overseeing the death of Jesus that it says at the end of book, the book of Mark that one of the soldiers, when all that he had participated in was done and Jesus was dead, but he watched all of this unfold. He said, truly, this was the son of God. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. 
at the foot of the cross. Hey, maybe today someone would have that breakthrough moment when you just see something so clearly that you've not seen ever before. Or maybe something so long ago that you'd forgotten the power of a breakthrough. Jesus, I ask, Lord, that you would just give us eyes to see, hearts to understand. Jesus, you are here. If anybody wants to say yes to Jesus, if anybody wants to say, my God, (laughs) Jesus, you are real, you are alive. And I wanna give you my life. You know, just, just look up at me while everybody else's eyes are closed. Look up at me, flash your hand, just kind of wave and say, yeah, it's me. Yeah, yeah, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, ma'am, I agree with you today. Everything gets to change, breakthrough. God's got more for you than you could ever imagine. So cool. Anybody else? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Can we have our ministry team just come up forward real quick, please? We're gonna conclude right now, but that doesn't mean that your breakthrough has to stop right now. Now, we got some folks up here at the front who would love to hear from you, talk with you. You could share anything of your story that you want, the good, the bad, the broken, the ugly, the beautiful, but they're gonna pray for you. And especially, I think those who just said yes to Jesus. Man, it would be such an honor for you to come and to say, hey, that was me. I was one of those people that said yes to Jesus today. God, thank you, Lord, for your breakthrough power. Lord, may it not only be here amongst us, but Lord, may that spread into our community, our places of work, our schools, our city, our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Awesome. Man, an honor to be with you guys here today. Thank you for being here. Don't leave without getting prayer, without sharing your story. Your love, church. See you next week.